If you're a tattoo artist and you're listening to the show, we've got a product that we think you should go and check out. Our buddy Gabe over at Tattoo Now has been setting up this extensive package for anyone who is in the business, and it's it's amazing. Uh, we're not getting paid for this this spot. We're doing this because we actually really just believe in the software and the service that Gabe offers. Now, the Tattoo Now business suite uh, comes in three different packages ranging anywhere from $99 a month up to $400 a month, and it's amazing. You'll get not only a professional CRM and client database where you'll never lose contacts again, right? It keeps everything in one space. It's easy to fill cancellations because everything is just right in front of your face. There's marketing that's attached to it. You also have integrations with like Google My Business and with your Facebook, Instagram, any of your other social medias, and you can do it all from one place. So if you're like Brian and you have all of these different social media accounts, it's all in one space. You can post to them just from one spot. So you don't have to have 50 different apps, you know, trying to keep track of everything. It's it's amazing. And that's just for the base package. I mean, if you start getting higher end on this stuff, like up to the, the premium one, I mean, you get one-on-one time with Gabe. And I mean, if you don't know of his past, I mean, first go back and listen to the show, but also just know that this dude knows what he's doing. Uh, it's more than 20 years just doing the tech side of stuff, but also he owned one of the most successful shops on the planet. And it's just amazing to have that wealth of knowledge at your fingertips. So why don't you head over to the Tattoo Now website and uh, fill out a request to have a talk with them. We'll have a link down in the show description, but if you're not somebody who likes to read that stuff, you can go to longevity.tattoonow.com forward slash two dudes. One word, two dudes is the affiliate link. You can go over there and uh, hit Gabe up. I mean, trust me, if if you hit this up and, and you take advantage of this, it's going to help your business. Streamline your stuff and give you more free time. Anyways, on to the show. Welcome to the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast. A podcast so amazing, it'll blow the pants right off your hind end. My name is Ryan Othis. I am the owner and uh, brain behind Better Tattooing. You can find our shop in Portland, Oregon. And I didn't mute my phone. And you can find us online at bettertattooing.com or the YouTube channel Better Tattooing. My co-host is Brian Matthew, and he's on today. This is nice. Uh, you can find him at the Tailored Fit Tattoo Gallery out in Rogers, Arkansas, at Brian Matthew Tattoo or Brian Matthew Illustrations on Instagram, and uh, he's on Facebook as well. So, anyways, this week's episode, we're talking with Damon Conklin. If you don't know about Damon, he is Seattle. This dude is the man. His artwork is fantastic. He has a positive message. And this is a pretty laid back episode. I mean, I just kind of randomly texted Damon and I was like, holy cow, because I've been a, a huge fan of his work forever. And I was just like, you want to come on the show? And he's like, hell yeah, dude. And he is just cool. Just a cool guy. So we go over a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, if if you really like the listener questions, you've got to hang out till the end. Damon helps us out uh, answering some of the the questions that people have sent in and it's it's pretty awesome one thing uh, it will say is that there's a trigger warning if um, suicide uh, via jumping out of windows is is something that you don't think is funny uh, please just skip the listener questions part in the end uh, try to make sure everyone feels safe and secure while we're doing this but past that this is the show this week and we have a bunch more big ones coming up in the next coming weeks. So we hope you enjoy it, and I guess I will talk to you at the end. Enjoy. If you like what we do, please give us a follow, subscribe, like, 
any of those things, even a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice that you choose to listen to us on. And also be sure to tell your friends. We really, really, really enjoy all the support we've had so far. We'd like to keep it going. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoy the show. Just stick the fucking needle in their skin. <laughs> <laughs> like, be deliberate. Stab it in there and see what the fuck happens. <laughs> Learn from your mistakes. Uh, that's great, dude. Uh, okay, Damon's here. Maybe he's just getting out of the uh, the gym or something. He's like, hey, can you text me over the link? I'm like, yeah, all right. So, I'll do this. I've got a, I got a copy invite link. I had uh, a question come in as well. Oh, so we've fine. got some some listener questions. I haven't checked the phone <laughs> yet to see if we have any messages, but maybe we could uh maybe we could check one of those again and see what happens. There we go. Because I think that might be funny as well. If we have people talking about raping houses again, it might be really good for the listeners to fucking <laughs> it's like a weird conversation. <laughs> it is kind of, isn't it? Uh there we go. All right. Fucking winging it, bro. That's the way to do it. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I forgot to deposit cash. I walked out of my fucking house today. And I don't know if you like you don't have this because you live in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? But I'll walk out of the house every once in a while. I live in like this like busy road, a ton of neighbors just all crammed together and shit. Good day, sir. Good day. Good day. And I walk yeah, out and every fucking neighbor is like Hey Ryan, hey come here. I've got a prop because I always like lend tools and help people. And just they're like, come on over. Like, look, I'm fixing the thermostat on my car. I'm like, I gotta fucking go, guys. Like, it's nice to see you. I walked out today. The guy, he's literally fixing the thermostat, and another neighbor is walking up the street playing video games. He's like, check out my new video game system. And then my arborist neighbor comes over. He's like, hey, can you help me with my truck tonight? I'm like, guys, I gotta fucking go. And they're just not, you know. I'm still used to the world where when I did have neighbors, they thought I was going to rob them. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Mr. Damon Conklin. How are you doing today, sir? Great, great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man. Hopefully that was a nice introduction to the energy that we exude over this show. It's a I, I think I matched that energy pretty well. That's right on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <Right> on. <laughs> uh, so should we should we just jump in? Do we want to have any preparatory work? To, oh, did you fill out your your form that I had sent you via email? Um, I did not. Okay, there was. Um, sure. He was hoping for that that gray area where he could still sue us later. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. You guys are gonna be the first people I ever sue in my life. Nice. Yeah, That's what we're put it up for. there. It's like the yeah. seal of approval. Sued by Conklin. Like this is fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so what am i looking for in my email search here um actually if you don't have it in there do you want me to, to text it across the form here it's uh just a that form to fill out for a waiver thingy here if i can yeah that would be killer so we can so we can take uh, maybe, your voice and visage Beth? maybe if you email this one because i'll be doing that on a different device oh, and cool. it doesn't get all the same text messages as my phone does for some reason okay cool dude yeah we have a uh, copy link 
Yeah, we've had a couple ones. We did a, the show with Anthony Weichelis, and uh, like at the beginning, I didn't add it into the thing, but he was like, "Bro, how the how the fuck how the fuck do I fill this out?" And he's like this huge dude, and I was just like, "Just go right. into your inbox." He's like, uh, "So." <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, well, and technology has a gift for being slow when you need to go fast, yeah, dude. or or okay. breaking when you really need it to work, or you know, like so. Okay, if I can remember how to spell release, Jesus wept. All right, uh, it's funny. Uh, I was tattooing this girl who's a daughter of a guy I used to work for when I made video games, and uh, and the dad was there, so we were catching up. And at some point during the session, I'm. I'm like bitching about computers or something. And I say to like my helper across the room, like, well, you know, I've never, I've never been any good with computers. And he was like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you taught yourself how to 3D animate when no one knew how to do it. I'm like, fuck, I just got busted, man. <laughs> That's just a specific niche, right? I don't know. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That has nothing to do with email or social media or any of that shit. Yeah, you got you got a big social media base. Like it looks like you're pretty popular. You're like, you know, I, I mean, you know, with the algorithms the way they are, I got a lot more followers than I have comments. No, but honestly, as long as enough people are paying attention, that I need like twelve a month to fill my my tattoo book. Yeah. So like, you know, really. <laughs> You know how how much do I really fucking need? Uh, <laughs> that's cool, dude. I just sent off that email for you too. If you want to wait to the end of the awesome. show, that we could do that too. Um, whatever. Let's make sure we get your links so we can put up our stuff. And I'm thinking, Brian, yeah. what we should do now is have like a still of us talking and send it out so that people can put it up if they want to on their social media. And hopefully, we can all do just do like a take. We'll just go, you know, and it just make it a goofy face or something. Like it looks like we're having fun. Then, <laughs> yeah. Can I just make my I'm judging you face? Yeah. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and I could just be like this because I'm always like, pew, 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 all the time. Ugh. It's amazing. I feel that like was... if you just freeze the show at any given point in time, we're going to be making those faces. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Eh? <clears throat> I was like, I, I was, I've been checking like my caloric intake. Because, like, you know, I fucking, I, like, move like I have ADHD, but I don't. So I'm always just like, yeah, you know. And <laughs> I, I went down to, like, what was it last year, Brian? Remember I was doing the 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 turkey broth and the the spinach, and that was all I was eating. It was, like, 300 calories a day. Terrible for you. <laughs> I lost, like, I was, like, fucking 38 pounds or something in two weeks. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I got to, like, keep my caloric intake up somewhat. But I found, like over time now i'm starting to just slowly reduce like i had a poke bowl last yesterday i'm set some fish and rice it's fucking you great you man. gotta be paying attention to like your nutritional load on your food not your caloric intake like yeah. even frank zappa from the fucking 80s wrote down like you could eat nothing but ice cream for a month straight and lose weight because it's just fucking gross shit that's not doing anything for you but it's not going to be good for you yeah i've got so much fat pad i could go on a loan right now and lose 70 pounds and be okay <laughs> i was laughing with the wife i'm like what if i did that because i'm i'm fucking weird you know i'll always go and do stupid shit and she was like please don't put your Eric, you only live once yolo yolo <laughs> i'll get the fucking yolo with a hatchet man on my neck and then go on the show nice <laughs> <laughs> uh 
That's what I haven't done in a while. I haven't done a hatchet man tattoo in a while. Have the insane clown posse fallen out of out of favor in the general public? It's, it's not really something to like reminisce about. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all the juggalos out there. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! <laughs> That's always what concert so what, I wanted so, to go to. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. So, so what I did with the with the form yeah. was uh, I got to where the basic information was there, and then I went looking for how do I write my social media shit because I never really remember how to do yeah. that, and uh, and it started me back to zero. So I went back this time. I just filled out yeah. the information and then sent it, and then I'll figure out how to write my social media. Later. Yeah, text me it or something like that. Yeah, that was cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. super easy. Wow, I think this episode is going to come out this Friday. So, yeah, I'll send it over right like as soon as we're done. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, awesome. Yay! We got Yay. David Conklin on the fucking show. How did this happen? <laughs> Jesus, I've been a huge fan of yours since I started tattooing, dude. Wow, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just like. Anyways, the people on the show don't know. Like, why don't you tell us about your safe name, where you work, tell us what you do. Uh, my name's uh, Damon Conklin. I'm a Seattle-based tattooer, born and raised in the area. Uh, I started out my uh, tattoo life uh, at Slave to the Needle uh, under Aaron Bell, who uh, we're, still, we're good friends to this day. Um, uh, getting my start at, like, the best shop in within hundreds of miles was an awesome opportunity and immediately plugged me in with all the tattoo world. Uh, so it was just, and it was, you know, and it was the mid nineties, 95. And uh, it was, it was a really fun time to uh, get introduced to the world. It was still small, but it was changing. The It was growing and doing different art styles and it was just an exciting time. Mm. That's cool, man. Yeah, what which uh, location was that one? The original slave, like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. I have worked up in the Seattle area for I don't know six years or something. Even though if I lived in Portland, so yeah, I love yeah. it up there. Seattle's like what Portland always dreamed to be, and uh, <laughs> this goes back and forth. We're weirder than you. Nah, you're not. You're just yeah. I was gonna educated. say Portland's <laughs> kind of like the the cooler younger brother. Sometimes you know <laughs> some. Uh, yeah sometimes hey, food truck scene in portland is savage dude. yeah 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 that's yeah. i think that's the only thing that we have left like seattle has like it's just an actual city you know like it's right, like right portland's trying to be seattle and then like austin's trying to be portland and denver's trying to be austin and then like <laughs> you know it's a chain of events here yeah yeah and it's all just tied like, together by marijuana oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so why don't you tell us, like, what was the scene like? Because the Pacific Northwest around that time was kind of like the hub and center of the universe, right? Like, everything, <laughs> art, media was really crazy. What was it like tattooing-wise uh, for you when you were up there, like, getting started in this? You know, I mean, well, I was young. So, like, I really, uh, you know, I thought I was going to change the world. I thought I had some deep, you know what I mean? I thought the world needed whatever it was I had to draw or offer. Um <laughs> Uh, I, uh, but you know what it was was like going to conventions was uh, there's this brotherhood and sisterhood amongst everybody that like it was small enough that everybody who was there regardless of where you were at 
in whatever kind of measurement, uh, we were all just one big family, you know, uh, in the Northwest, uh, man, you know, whenever I saw someone's work that I loved on the street, you know, if I saw like three or four pieces in a row and heard the same name, I'd go to their shop and be like, Hey, what's up, man? My name's Damon. You know, like, (laughs) and, uh, and I don't know, it was, it was fun because it was smaller and we all kind of knew each other. We saw tattoos on the streets, you know, there was like a recognition yeah, yeah. there, you know, like, oh, that's that's that dude's piece. So you could tell this. Did you get this here? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah and a conversation was usually welcomed about it, you know, because we all there was there wasn't that many of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tattoo wise, uh, I like actually like. Clients would ask for weird shit back then, you know, because it was just starting to become like you can get a custom tattoo, but, you know, the average person really has no idea how to, it's like, it's like telling the whole world, hey, you can, you can play a musical instrument and then you throw them (laughs) on and they're like, "Uh," you know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like the idea or concept of getting a tattoo, but I don't know anything that goes into it. Just kind of tell me. Yeah. 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 So they just overthink it and they're like, well, I want all of my family's birthstone colors (laughs) and the geometric shape. And I want it in an armband. It's a half an inch tall, (laughs) you know, and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Have you seen that Jeff Bartell guy? I heard he's really good. Can you take this and add 16 names in one of the gargoyles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Remember the old Bartell and Cherry Creek stuff and all that weird. Right, <laughs> stuff sold though. I don't know many of those. Like, there's like a little cherry design with the little dice, you know, little die. Yeah, yeah. It's like this big. It's like forty bucks and just like mm, all day long. Anyways, there you go, man. Uh, yep. It'll look like a zit in fucking thirty years. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you started off as slave. Um, like, did you have what we would consider like a traditional apprenticeship? Like, how did you work your way up and through? I really didn't, man. Uh, I was making video game graphics at the time, and. Uh, I just kind of like, like I had this, this, this buddy, Joel Kennedy, who was an established tattooer and who was working at slave at the time. And uh, I tried to get him to teach me, but he wouldn't. And uh, so I did what any uh, responsible adult would do is I just started tattooing my friends. I just ordered the thing out of the back of the magazine and just started, you know? And uh, he told me like, of all the ink that I got in the packet, he's like, throw away everything except for the black. And I obviously didn't listen. <laughs> and after I tried using it, I threw away everything except for the black. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, what was your first kit? Where'd you buy it from? Did you get a Spalding and Rogers setup? Oh, yeah. 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 I still have like the big power supply with the big glowing red jewel on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, <laughs> so cool, man. <laughs> You get the the phono plugs too, where you have to do each one coming in. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it looks neat. like if your toaster became self aware. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're doing tattoos out of home. When did you decide just to like fuck it? I'm gonna walk in and try to sell this stuff and start pro time. Like, well, so I mean, I was getting some some tattoos, and uh, and I wasn't, you know, I would bring my sketchbook with me, and I would leave it in an area where someone could look at it without me seeing them or, you know what I mean? So like people could just, and it was full of like monster designs and stuff. I was doing for video games, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, for my age and the time and the world we were in, it was, it was okay stuff. 
Wow. And Aaron sure enough checked it out. And at some point when he heard that I was tattooing, I ran into him in public and he's like, yo, um, you know, and I, you know, back then when someone just hit you up like that, your first reaction was, is it cool? You know? yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, 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 it's cool, man. I, uh, I, you know, I liked your drawings. I hear your tattoo. I want you to bring some photos down. And to make a long story slightly less long, uh, he let me work on my own people. And within short order, like within a, a couple of three weeks or so, he's like, just take walk-ins, you know? And after four months of tattooing in my apartment, I hit the golden ticket jackpot Shangri-La tattoo gig, yeah. you know? Wow. But yeah. 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 And then so like people who did like real apprenticeships and like, you know, I just... I'm like, go ahead and hate me before I tell this story. Because <laughs> I just I just got super lucky. I won the tattoo lotto. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. just natural, anyways, in tattooing. There's so much gatekeeping that we see, you know, in this industry all of sure. the time. Yeah. And 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 I get it, you know, people there was this old mentality of you pay a big price to get in, and the world is more gangster. So the the teaching was a little more gangster and now we're just artists. We're just artists servicing the public. And I mean, we look kind of tough, but most of us aren't, you know, like we're just, we're just guys, we're just people, <laughs> that human, you know, uh, that's my biggest sales pitch. It's like 90% of tattoo artists nowadays are just giant fucking nerds and wimps. Completely. <laughs> people don't have completely. to be intimidated to go into a tattoo shop. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I always tell that story with the first time. Cause I, I did basically the same thing as you. Damon, except I didn't get in, end up at the best shop. I ended up at the worst fucking shop in town. <laughs> After I went to the best shop, and they're like, "You need to fucking quit, bro." <laughs> You're like, absolutely not, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember the first time we came in because they're like selling drug drugs and guns out of the place, and I didn't know about it. There's like dude shooting up in the back. I have no idea. I'm like, dude, dude, dude you know, yeah, like 19 <laughs> years old, just no fucking clue. And yeah. it's like two ladies coming. They're like in their 60s. They're like, hey, we like to get tattooed. I'm like, you need to get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, this is not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Blink twice if you've been kidnapped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like down and skid, bro. It's just like, why did you come yeah. in here? Just like, right. look. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right. So, how long did you stay with Slave uh, before you ended up moving on? Um, I well, that was it was a total of about four or five years. In the middle of it, I took off for a year to go. Uh, I got offered a really sweet video game gig, and uh, I wanted to give video games one last try to make sure I was making a good life decision or whatever. Okay. And uh, and yeah, the whole time I was like staying up till three in the morning tattooing my friends and like showing up tired to work. And when I, when I put in my notice, they're like, yeah, we know <laughs> it's, it's been fun having you, man, but uh, enjoy your tattoo life. So roll it out there. And then what happened next? What did you do? Well, I, I did what, what, uh, you know, this is embarrassing, but I did what a lot of young tattooers uh, do is like, is I got a really bad attitude and uh and i really started believing all of like the sunshine that people were pumping up my butt and i started and i and i kind of got into it with aaron you know and i and i left yeah and uh made a real ass out of myself like uh like a lot of wound up young people do <laughs> and uh and went and i worked at apocalypse for a couple of years uh with my friends uh benjamin uh benjamin moss and gilbert jumping eagle mm -hmm. Yushi Kai. 
and we were the most mixed up crew. You know, we had yeah. a native, a half black guy, a Jew, and a Japanese guy. And it sounds uh, like the beginning of a, of a joke, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't give a fuck about anything, and it was easy living, and we just traveled yeah. around and had a blast. And uh, and then and then a lady walked in and was like, "Do you want to buy my tattoo shop?" Oh <laughs> no, shit! Who was this? Uh, this was Any a lady named Michelle Hamilton. And she owned Laughing Buddha at the time. This is before she sold it to Christy Brooker. Oh, no, sure. And uh, and she also owned Superstar Tattoo, which was, it was in this location where like Tattoo Emporium had been, Gypsy Jill had been, Tattoo yeah. You had been there. Like all these different tattoo shops had been there in this hip Capitol Hill location over the course of like 20 years previous, yeah. right? And, uh, and of course, so when she walked in to sell me the shop, I mean, obviously I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not i'm going snowboarding this winter man i'm uh, I'm, I'm cutting back on my hours good luck yeah. you know and that was that and she came back a few weeks later and was like was like look damon i really think that this is a good thing for you i think you're a good fit you know for the shop and she offered me like to, to sell it to me for little or nothing on monthly payments with no interest and just like She's just, and I'm like, well, you know, I have horrible credit. So if the <laughs> landlord will take, will accept me, I'll, I'll do it. You know, thinking that was my last chance to go snowboarding. And uh, so this is, you know, I'm not going to get approved for the lease. Mm -hmm. Turns out I knew the landlord. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the landlord knew me. And uh, oh. she's like, your credit sucks, but your references are stellar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's now it's 21 and a half years later i have the same landlord still different mm -hmm. location same landlord mm -hmm. uh yeah it's been great was that was that spot just cursed so many places and so many like people on this in the area just fucking jumping in and out and uh <laughs> no no it was actually a really killer location it was a, it's funny because it was down a few steps and the ceilings were a little low but it had that real like urban tattoo shop vibe, you know, there was, wow. it, it was a vibe for sure. Yeah. It's just, it, it came to a point after, I don't know, like 13 years or something like that, 14 years where uh, the building sold oh, and wow. the new corporate people uh, wanted to like double my rent. And uh, I've been sober most of my adult life, but I happened to not be at that time. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was really, I was, I handled it poorly and <laughs> I didn't negotiate. I just kind of ducked and dodged him because I was on cocaine a lot. And, oh. uh, and, uh, and my landlord, my, 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 my old and current still landlord, she didn't know that I was what I was up to, you know? Wow. So uh, I asked her if she had any more spaces and I ended up getting this bigger, cooler space. It's like right around the corner. Oh, cool. And I ended up getting sober shortly thereafter, and things eventually worked out. And... Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. How many shops were on Cap Hill at that time? <clears throat> oh, man. Well, there was... Uh... Whew. So, I can't remember if TaylorMade was still around. Uh, possibly. Laughing Buddha, Pink Zone, Parlor F. Um, I think Lucky Devil was... Uh, was there it was it was probably only a couple of years old at the time and if i'm missing somebody oh chromo oh, yeah. uh which closed recently james yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. um yeah i think that is just about the run of what was there an apocalypse yeah 
which is right down at the base of Capitol Hill. So as you enter the hill, you know, you have to face the apocalypse before you get there. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Wow. And now the same same amount of studios in the area, or do you see an influx? Just comparing it. <laughs> I can't begin to list them all anymore, man. Um, it's and 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 first of all, I mean, like I'm a fan of the expansion. I'm like, you know, the more the merrier bring it. I don't even care, you know. But yeah. uh, but it's crazy. Like, I mean, I there was a time, it might have been four or five years ago, and uh I was just messing around on Instagram and I come across a shop that had like 70 or 80,000 followers, tons of engagement. Uh, and they were like two blocks from me. And I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, I was completely blindsided. <laughs> when I went and looked at the people, I saw familiar faces, you know, just uh, from being around uh, yeah. the streets and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I had no fucking idea. And, That's... <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so there it is. Mm. Yeah. I feel like That's what happens every time I open a tattoo shop. Right. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we have a shop in Portland, and it's funny because just the, the shit just keeps popping up. I mean, well, in Portland's so small. Like, how do you guys all support yourself down there? I don't. Yeah, I, I'm on the HLO. I'm the vice chair at HLO uh, Tattoo Body Arts stuff, and we yeah. do demographics. And like, you know, mm -hmm. I have no fucking clue. With forty four hundred tattoo artists, Portland's packed with talent, man. Yeah, it's yeah. great, but I think people do one tattoo a week. They right, right. They just <laughs> well, they fucking slay on that one tattoo, and they're like, ah, oh, you know. Man. And then, well, it's also Portland's also full of strippers, so I figure there's a relationship <laughs> of some kind there. I'm not sure exactly, but lots of tattooers, lots of strippers. But yeah. the mentality, everyone walks around and they, you know, they, as soon as they make their cash, maybe that's why they work one day a week. They make their cash and then they go up and they party. When they come back, they got to sober up, like, fuck, I need to go. Yeah. Work. And all the out-of-towners spend it at the strip club. Strippers bring it to the tattooers <laughs> or bring a cut of it, you know, and it just stays. <laughs> it <laughs> rolls around. Yeah, the strip club industry down here is unique. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is unique also. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a story. My my wife was a bartender for um, some strip clubs down here for oh, 10, 12 years, something like that. And she yeah. told me that the worst story I heard is that two twin women were on stage and it's a full it's full nude down here. They were right. doing sex acts to each other. And one of them blew out their esophagus by deep throating an oversized phallus. <laughs> she had to be taken to the hospital. She almost fucking died. So that's how Portland parties. And how... Jerry, 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 Jerry. <laughs> Such a weird fucking setup down here. That's hilarious, man. Twin sisters. <laughs> Twin sisters. Like, I know it's kind of a fantasy, but when you really do the math, it's super <laughs> fucking Targaryen. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Targaryen. <laughs> Targaryen. Oh, man. There's the still for the episode right there. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay so uh what's the name of your shop you own super genius right oh yeah super genius tattoo yeah the the vibe i think like from my experience because I, I grew up out here and the, the pnw <laughs> and the vibe has been it's like evolved in like this this past the grunge scene right into like this artsy right. craftsy like mm -hmm. very well educated like seattle yeah. i think is one of the most educated populaces on the planet and uh <clears throat> It's it's like so hip and, and new and interesting. And you got like the Harvard of the West Coast at UW and everything has evolved. And like like you being, I think, kind of in the center of all that. And people don't like Cap Hill is like, that's that's it, right? Like when you get into 
it's like hip and cool and you got that really it's where fancy it all goes Starbucks. down <laughs> yeah there's lots of kids with berets and capes you know and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> first time i went to cap hill i'm like why is everyone a superhero you know it's just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> everything has changed like if you look back like uh belltown you know or like you know west seattle or it, anywhere like it used to be so different like ballard you know like oh yeah certain subsections ballard was just nothing but old norwegians you know back in the day yeah, yeah. Now it's a great place to go bar hopping and see a band and yeah. Yeah. Finney Ridge. We used to like take our cars and race them up the hill and try to jump them, you know? Like oh, yeah. can't fucking do that now. <laughs> no, no, you can't. <clears throat> so throughout time as it's as it's evolved, like I how has that impacted like you, I guess, artistically, you know, like being such a like a name face and person you know that's that's been in seattle first of all the northwest is just a great place to really uh to foster creativity i mean part i think part of what uh makes it such an artsy place is that we've got mountain ranges on both sides of the city you know we're surrounded by bodies of water you can't anywhere you live in the seattle city limits you can walk to a lake yeah you can literally walk to a lake you know and so it's really it's just a full of inspiration and in the middle of all that we've got these like pockets of neighborhoods with these different kind of little flavors of creativity and uh and it's just a great place we're a port city so we got fresh stuff coming in and uh and having all the new artists i'm always a guy that's uh it's probably just in my wiring to want to learn more about how to translate what i think and see into pictures you know and so I'm, I'm, yeah, I like to have a big shop because I'm surrounded by a lot of influence and a lot of young energy, you know, that keeps me kind of pumped. And yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking, it's a wonderland of creativity for sure. Yeah. I Many people would know I submitted NAP to try and work with you 10 years ago. You said no. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> super nice yeah. about it i was in another country go would have placed me right in the middle of that uh drug binge oh, it would. <laughs> so, yeah. so you, that probably worked out for you you know yeah, that's so <laughs> funny yeah i was in i was tattooing in northern canada at the time and i was like fuck i gotta get out of this shit i'm like damon conklin liked one of my photos i lost my mind right i was like fuck you yeah, <laughs> fuck it i've made it and i was like <laughs> Can I work at your shop? You went no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "All right, cool, man." <laughs> oh, man. oh no! Well, I'm sorry, man. I'm Quick scared. response, though, bro. It was no, it was good. I probably shouldn't have been. I was still in that part. I, I'd spent like a decade traveling, trying to learn just just mm -hmm. the application of tattooing. This was all it. just a ruse to call out Damon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was cool, man. Because like like there's certain shops you go to, right? Like like your shop and Aaron's shop in the Northwest were like that was the place to be in seattle like you had one of those two in my opinion right yeah. and you always have these little pockets like where brian's at now like he's got the space like if you want something cool in arkansas mm -hmm. you go to his fucking shop like that's what you do right and and yeah. so when we start move, making and moving our plans like me I, i've traveled non-stop for like 13 years so right. um when you start making those things you have those a tiers you're like mm -hmm. fucking maybe right Right. And then you get the rest and then you have your guaranteed spots. Right. So I was kind of in that right. middle of that spot before I got into all this research and writing and all this other shit that I've been doing where mm -hmm. I was still trying to figure shit out. And I was yeah. just like, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something I'm missing. And it actually worked out really well. Cause I mean, like one, you're on the fucking show and I get to like fanboy out a little bit with this <laughs> stuff. And then two, 
getting to move off and stuff like it kind of pushed me into that this this fucking weird space that we're in now just right yeah so no i'm not calling out fucking (laughs) (laughs) hey you know like i i i did all of my dumbest stuff right here on on uh pike and broadway in front of everybody so like (laughs) at least uh facing it was has always been like i you know gotta be able to face what you where you yeah I remember, yeah, I was, like I said, I was following you and I remember you were, you know, you, you kind of looked a little bit rough and then yeah. I watched your transformation. You got fucking yoked, bro. You're just like, <laughs> he's like, check this shit out, clean living motherfuckers. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Damien got yoked. Like, Brian, like, fucking <laughs> jacked. He's like, fucking lift like 400 fucking pounds and shit. I'm like, oh my God. I kind of just wanted to see if I could do it, you know? Like, I don't know. Uh, it was fun for a minute. I mean, the amount of like real world applications for being able to squat 450 pounds are like, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A baby is trapped under a car. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and the car happens to be at shoulder height for you, but not the baby somehow. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got this. I've been training for this. Thank mm. God. Yeah. Do you, and I'll put a, yeah. so like, You've mentioned a couple of times you had some drug problems. Like, yeah. how how did that integrate itself with like your like the tattoo culture, like how you're running your business and stuff? Like, how did that work its way in initially? Well, you know, I've always kind of known that there's like roughly two sides to this industry, you know, and there's like the the art nerd side, and there's like the rough side, you know, and and. The drugs, I mean, first of all, like, I'm just a real, I'm an addict, you know, I'm an alcoholic addict that when I put drugs in my body, I am off to the races. It just triggers something. It wakes up the dragon, you know, and uh, being like a Capitol Hill guy, you know, business owner, long term, like, I just, I knew I was able to go in and out of all the nightclubs, backdoor shit, you know, I could get away, I could do no harm. I, you know, um, from the owner to the guy at the front door, I just knew everybody there, you know? And so, uh, I mean, parts of it were kind of fun. I'm not going to lie in this like crazy, like shit you see on movies kind of like way, you know, like, like I, you know, I was like a six block rock star for a little bit and I enjoyed that. Uh, but, um, with that, with, you know, so my shop, uh, I became an asshole even more of one than I maybe already was. And uh, so artists started uh, heading for the hills, you know, and rightly so. Um, I just, you know, it just, the place turned into kind of, kind of like a trap house almost, you know? And uh, fortunately some uh, friends of mine for the long-term friends like surrounded me and they kind of cornered me into treatment because what happens in the mind of, 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 the kind of addict that I happen to be is when I get there, I don't want help. I don't, you know, I want more drugs and that's it. And uh, so thankfully uh, some people that cared about me and wouldn't be run away, they cornered me into going to treatment and uh, yeah, started getting on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Was the, was the drugs like affecting your work as well? I mean, like I know that they probably were, but like, well, first of all, drugs are super expensive, so I had to do a lot of work. Like, <laughs> and I'm losing artists, and I'm and my drug habit's getting bigger. Um, so uh, 
The funny thing about it is I think I overcomplicated a lot of stuff was the biggest thing I did wrong from a purely like objective artistic critique. Um, I was doing a lot of like painterly and semi-realistic stuff back then, yeah. uh, which I found later in life that I just, I'm just not geared right for that kind of work. But, uh, but I was really, I wanted to do it. And um, yeah, I think art is the kind of thing where you can have the skill and you can do the thing, but it's kind of like a lover where it wants more attention than effort. And I had a lot of effort to give it and not a lot of attention, you know? And uh, so as far as like being able to do my best work and, and, and really translate who I am as a contribution to the art that I'm making, um, I got away from that yeah. uh, with drugs. I think that was the biggest thing. Sort of some rote application where you're just repeating, not innovating, not testing, just A, B, C, D, get through the day, make the same thing over and over and over. Or yeah, yeah. And gravitating towards what people want and what will make money instead of steering the thing towards what do I really have to offer, you know, mm -hmm. and how can I do? Like now I just do big color pieces. I don't do any black and gray. Um, there's a whole list of things that I just don't do because someone else can do them and it's not something I do really well. And I'm lucky and I'm blessed to have the clientele that I can, I can make that stand and still be booked. Brian, this sounds like. I was, right I was just thinking back to my <laughs> way back in the day when I worked in Illinois still, and people would just be like, Brian, you need to get drunk. You're an asshole when you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I'm such a nice pleasant drunk but like uh, sober me is a pure fucking asshole oh. <laughs> it's just because you got the i'm gonna fucking kill you eyes because you just sit there and look at someone right and you'll just look at them like what the fuck no for real like <laughs> i have a superman clark kent syndrome like i yeah. wear glasses to work and when i wear glasses people are like he's such a nice guy if i yeah. take my glasses off for an hour they're like that guy's a fucking asshole <laughs> right right <laughs> He doesn't change his glasses on. They start asking you calculus questions. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. So how did the universe begin? Tell me about it. Like, you should do that because, like, Brian's the type of dude at a party. If you start saying something he doesn't like, he'll literally just look you in the eye and walk the fuck away. So you keep your glasses on when you look at them, put them on, then walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Separate extricate. Walk away intellectually. Pardon me. I have something important to do. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We get we get through the drugs and like what, what happens? So you, you go through your treatment and how, how does this push you into this, this innovation? Cause I seen your art go from that painterly style stuff. There's no yeah. outlines, lots of bright colors and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just to, to what you're doing now, which looks kind of like a blend between like, I mean, me and Brian were talking about this before. It's kind of like a new schooly, you know, mm -hmm. type stuff with illustration plus painterly. Like how, how did you make that, migration after that that separation from drugs well i think one thing that i really wanted to do with a as my head began to clear is uh a couple things i wanted i wanted tat i wanted to make tattoos that didn't take seven hours an inch you know i wanted to be able to, yeah. to offer a product where we got a reasonable amount of work done for the price i was charging yeah. Uh, wanted tattoos that would last and hold up really well. Mm -hmm. um, I am an illustrator 
you know, so like that's, you know, I, those are the skills I'm always trying to work on is, is how to draw better and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's definitely in there, but I'm also a tattooer of the nineties. So I really think, you know, as my head continued to clear and as I started to like, uh, really, first of all, I, I had to reteach myself how to draw. Oh, sure. a, I'd, I'd done a lot of brain damage, but also, I, <laughs> I mean, truthfully, oh, you know, man. I really had. Yeah. But it took a while for like all the systems to come back online, but also I had never paid attention and really learned how to draw, how to like construct objects and start with the most basic shape and then create a, a more complicated shape that's closer. And, you know, I didn't learn that process of how to like, how to like draw anatomical parts roughly and then uh, to make sure I get the flow. I didn't understand any of that. So I've taught myself on with YouTube videos mostly oh, sure. and a few in-shop classes. And I've just, I just continue to work on that. And so that influences it, the, uh, the energy and the color production and stuff of the people that I work with uh, influences it a lot of love for traditional stuff and how crazy that's getting uh yeah. nowadays oh God. everyone has it's part of the amazon shopping experience you know like right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. here. a lot of a lot of stuff you know so i had an idea brian asked a question i just lost mine <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm sorry i get to rambling you know no no that's no a- that, yeah. We want to hear from you. Like everyone already gets to hear from us to sit there and talk shit all the time, right? So, all right. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't really need to ask. <laughs> all right. Uh, I got, I, I got one here. So, the Pacific Northwest, I've traveled and lived like all over the world. Brian's from an urban center. Yeah. Uh, the diversity in the Pacific Northwest is lacking in some ways or another i mean like portland especially right so like one thing i was interested in is the the vibe and space of you coming up in in a space where maybe there isn't like especially the 90s like things were still are i guess still in flux and stuff like how how did that impact your career coming up you mean like being like i mean like racially like Yeah. uh, yeah um you know i uh for whatever reason I never really thought about that too much, to be honest. Um, And, uh, and the people who mattered in my life never seemed to either, you know, Uh, you know, I was really here to make art and, uh, and the people that I was working with were also, and I mean, I would go to conventions, you know, and I would see like, you know, you go to like Ink Slinger's Ball and you see like swastikas on biker t-shirts and stuff. And uh, shit, I sold I sold Afro Skull Flash to guys with swastikas on their arms. So like, whatever, you know, <laughs> I win. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, Tattooing seems to branch over that. You think it's like just separates barriers, something like it's just it's something maybe separate from this, at least like where you're at and what you're doing. Well, I think that... Uh, entertainment art sports all have always brought people together and helped to like dissolve racism you know i mean at some point you know i went to a few conventions on the east coast and some brothers would come up to me and be like oh my god you know blah 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 i'm like oh okay so i guess i'm having some impact that i hadn't even thought about you know because i really was just like my parents had taught me that you know if you're if you're black, no matter how light you are, you know, you work harder 
and you can get wherever you want to go. So I just did that, you know. Wow. It's been so so retroactively, I started to realize that I guess in some way I may have helped open some doors for some people, you know. Um, and I'm grateful to have been placed in a position to do that. I don't think it wasn't something I ever sought out. And I never really got a lot of uh, valuable uh, interference from people. I saw and overheard things, but nothing ever directly got in my way. Yeah, that, the only reason that's kind of self-serving. I had a client yesterday who was not not a good human being. Now I was just like, yeah. cut it. I was like, you gotta leave. I'm not dealing with you. Yeah, I was just, and it blew my fucking mind, you know, because the the Northwest is kind of insulated, you know. Yeah, I think we, we put sure. our ideologies before a lot of the things that we do, and a lot of people assume yeah. a lot here, you know. And yeah, have that happen, it kind of like blindsided me. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit, bro? Like, you can't do this," you know? Right, right. I didn't know because, like, I mean, Seattle has evolved so fucking much you know it's changed like it yeah. deep down it's kind of like like portland's still just a dump right but it's it's got an energy <laughs> that's different right and seattle's a port town you know it's a port town yeah and um remember like going up there in like the 90s and stuff like we would buy fucking weed down outside ballard like we there was a good oh, yeah we'd go, we'd go there and then go fucking catch a show you know yeah and totally. it's almost like sometimes things gloss over and we've, we've got some people uh from uh like i'm trying to get a lady from uh louisiana to come on miss jackie uh talk to her about jackie like, yeah yeah jackie's the shit man yeah man talk about that, awesome. that difference in cultures right because i think it's really important for people i mean if they're going to be listening to the show as well like to understand that the place that you're at may be insulated it may be a separate culture and it's it's sure. way different right and yeah um, if you're expecting things to happen versus not expecting them to happen like how is that going to affect you, especially in this industry? Because there's chances for you to make money anytime. Yeah. I always used to say you can go anywhere on earth and get two inches of money if you're a half-decent tattooer, man. Yeah, it opens yeah. doors, eh? Shit. Yeah. Anyways, I'm fucking non-secretary. I had like a list of questions. I got in at like 3 a.m. last night. Yeah. And yeah. Nice. I was so fucking tired. I drove. I was working in Kent. Drove back down to Portland. Oh, wow. and, Left at yeah. midnight. Yeah, I got home. Then my kid woke me up at seven. So my brain is just and uh, yeah. <laughs> I was complaining to Brian earlier. I'm just fucking mess. He's like, "You should go for a run." I'm like, "No, I fucking I'll break my knees." Um, right. <laughs> um, so, so what's going on with you with you and your shop now? Like, what's what's next? We'll say, like, where what are you what are you doing? All my like untamed like uh, ambition of my youth. I don't have that kind of like come up with a bunch of big, crazy projects. I, uh, my, my thing nowadays is I just want, I want to help the artists that work for me get where they want to go in life and in, and in art and tattooing, you know? So, I mean, I think definitely like more, more classes, you know, more art nights, those kinds of things, you know, um, as an old person, you know, my experience, I think, is my most valuable thing. I mean, I'm not that old yet, but I'm but I'm getting there, you know. Wow. And I uh, turned 56 yesterday. Hey, happy Yay. birthday. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday. Oh. But, uh, yeah, man, I just really want to use my experience to help whoever can benefit from it. And, uh, and I like having I, – I love being able to uh, – be in touch with and service my neighborhood well you know i yeah i just i just want to get better at the things that i'm already kind of doing 
and yeah. help people get where they want to go. That sums it up. So can I send people to you? Like if I just get sick of the people that work in my shop and want <laughs> yeah, to send just them to you, in, they just go learn something. <laughs> Open our call Zoom every Friday at seven. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, if you're doing all this training and stuff now, um, just with your experience and, and trying to reach and teach and stuff, what do you think is missing? Like in the, the general education, we'll say, of the new artists that are coming up? You know, the, the tides of history and life and the future are beyond my power to control. Uh, and I simply try to swim and surf among them. And so I understand that things like in any industry, things get really experimental and then they swing back to really fundamental. You know, the industry is definitely swinging that way. Now, I mean, we're kind of, every style is available. I miss the days where there was more togetherness in the tattoo industry, but it's just too big for that now. I don't, you know, I really don't know that it's missing anything. It's it's a It's a lot of everything. I think... In my little world of tattooing, I think we appreciate the history, you know, and we appreciate uh, the culture, where it's come from and, and what it's growing into and the, the, the root and the main branch of that culture, you know, and the fellowship of knowing tattooers all over the place, you know, that kind of community. I think, I think community in tattooing can be hard to get nowadays. Yeah. It just seems hard regardless of where you're at. Everyone has their online digital self that has its yeah. own community, and then they just kind of meander, you know, yeah. outside of that lack of control. Yeah, as far as like, learning, I think there's no better time. Man, I, watch, I watched a YouTube video within the last year of how to do line work. <laughs> so whatever, I've been tattooing 28 years. Who cares? Like yeah. I'm like, let me see what this 26-year-old uh, from Bulgaria or whatever has to say about doing line work. Yeah. And uh, you know what's funny? Was his instruction was rock solid. Mm-hmm. And his his example that he showed at the end was not as good as his instruction. <laughs> <laughs> That's but why then... <laughs> on our YouTube, we focus on theory. Right, That's right. You figure out your own fucking shit. You know, it's not, it's not me to tell you how That's to apply right. this. This is what's here break you fucking fuck off i actually do that yeah. myself a lot yeah. i go on uh, youtube and check out all the new yeah. this yeah. is how you tattoo videos <laughs> and right. a lot of it right. is just terrifying uh, how do you and how do you inform people to critically think or how can you teach them to critically think so they can get what they need out of something and discard the rest maybe right. this thing right this innovation i like how you said that swings one way towards innovation and back towards funny like that seems yeah. Yeah. totally truthful and that actually made me think about what do you think about image ai that's a tough one you know um so early i don't know it was maybe a year or two ago like one of my old video game buddies who is really like heavily into uh using ai generated art and then doing mashups of that and some of his own drawing and creating really cool stuff and he actually goes around apparently and even speaks on it you know so he kind of hooked me up with this mid-journey bot, you know, a while back. I played with it some. And like, and so, you know, as the open-minded artist in me is like, man, you know, this is some good brainstorming uh, tool. This is good uh, uh, to see some color theories in action that maybe I wouldn't come up with normally. Uh, great in the research and development end of uh, creation. 
But as it continues to advance and as just the general popular knowledge of AI as a movement advances, you know, I mean, I have all the same fears that everyone else has. And I'm not worried about losing my job. No. Because uh, so far, uh, Amazon killed the mall, but the mom and pop store always has a place. Yeah. And uh, so, so, and I, I kind of view myself as more like the mom and pop kind of store, you know? But, um, and tattooing especially is so personality driven. Yeah. Like, really, like, I can have a C plus portfolio and, uh, and an A plus personality and I'll be booked. So like, yeah, AI is interesting, worrying, inspirational, terrifying, but in the end, I, I don't really feel threatened by it. And here's the thing is it is, it's coming, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to do some really weird shit. And, uh, honestly, 20 or 30 years from now, I'll be dead or dying anyway. So <laughs> younger people than me are going to have to figure uh, out what they live inside of that. I don't worry about AI art. I just think that AI art will help kind of destroy fundamentalism, you know, so it'll just make people fucking lazier and then they'll have mm. a harder time doing their fucking job. Like yeah. Part of their job will be a lot easier, uh, but the yeah, rest of their yeah, job will yeah. be a lot more complicated, which is just funny to me. So fuck them. If we yeah. don't have to worry about the actual artistic creation, then we just get strictly into application. And that's going to yeah. separate a lot of people who maybe don't understand, you know, technique, application, longevity, placement, fit, flow, any of the stuff, pigment, chemistry, nothing. That's going to go out the door. Because yeah. they're all empathy with how you do your tattoos. It's just like fucking free flow and freewheeling stuff. You won't be able to make the shit people are making, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, the thing is, is in <laughs> tattooing, there's already people who are basically tattooing, I mean, huge portions of the industry are tattooing images that aren't sketched and drawn and developed in an illustrative fashion yeah. that are like mashups of photography or whatever. And that's just an extension of the portrait artist, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like, like a lot of AI stuff will kind of get filtered into that. You know, I mean, who knows, maybe someday, you know, uh, You'll be able to stick your arm in a socket that shows up in the mail and an AI robot just tattoos it. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Starship <laughs> troopers. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian and I have talked a lot about that uh realism stuff. We think it's funny. So if it does get lumped into that, I mean, realistically, people are still gonna want a fucking infinity symbol. They're still gonna want, you know, they're gonna yeah. want some of these simple the, the the weed that is exploding into little dust, you know. Yeah. I keep saying that to people. I'm like, why do you want to get a weed on you? They're like, what do you mean? Right. It's a, it's a dandelion, well, and, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and like I can compare it to other like art forms, you know. So mm -hmm. many other art forms have developed since oil painting in the fucking 1600s or whatever. But you can still sell an oil painting. People still want that. And part of that is they identify with the personality of the artist and their own personal interpretation. And the feeling that there's some kind of soul or life to this thing that doesn't happen in some more mechanically generated way, you know. And so, you know, tattooing, AI might, you know, in the in the farthest extreme of AI, it might thin the herd, but there will always be a place for a real artist. Yeah, we could use some thinning. The expansion has gone on for so long, cheesy, greasy. 
40, you know, 400 artists down here like we could probably lose 30 percent of them and have them go into something else man <laughs> yeah and and i and i think it's uh, it, it inevitable at some point you know like uh, yeah the growth can't keep happening i mean the tv shows broke the industry out you know like it was all the work of everyone 70s 80s 90s making it acceptable enough to get it and then as soon as that happened well it made a world wow. full of young artists want to do tattoos because everybody wants to be on tv yeah. you know yeah and that seems attainable right yeah you just yeah. gotta be good at this one thing right shit <laughs> that's a, a funny thing to point out actually yeah. is like if you if you stop to think about it and like the amount of people that have started tattooing because they specifically wanted to be like on tv or quote unquote famous somehow like i think back to like when i wanted to start tattooing and i was like it's just cool right, right, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there was no real drive i was just this shit's just cool like skulls and snakes tattooed on you that's rad yeah. Well, back, I mean, back in the day, you saw them. Shit, there wasn't even that many tattoo magazines, right? So, right. like, if you wanted to become a tattooer, it was because you saw people with tattoos and something about that resonated and you saw them in person, you know? Holy shit. That, that's so funny because you think about like the depersonalization of social media with the images versus yeah. the magazines. I never even put that together. Like, you got to see the person and now yeah. it is. That yeah. kind of commodification of stuff, right? It's it's the tattoo only. It's not personalized. Yeah, just it was a whole vibe before. Like that person uh, had energy, and and some of that was attractive to you, and there was a swagger and a confidence and a whatever, you know, uh, all that stuff. And now, I mean, uh, there's just a lot of other ways to have your initial experience with yeah. tattoo. Sure. Probably why I'm so obsessed with like dragon tattoos. I tattoo yeah. a dragon at least twice a month. But, uh, <laughs> I can think back to like when I first saw dragon tattoos and they were always on like ninjas and shit in the movies. And you're like, yeah. When you were younger, you're like, God, I want to be a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Oh, shit. Since you're like artistically minded and set inside of your application of tattooing, like what do you think about, we asked Carrie Barba this and, she just mm -hmm. nearly vomited. But what do you think about the idea of of the the human canvas uh, label of being attached to people when they're working inside the industry? <clears throat> you mean like referring to our clients as human canvases? Yeah. I you know I, I'm just not a big syntax guy. You know, <laughs> I, I you know I don't nice. know. I don't, Fucking yeah, you know, <laughs> human cam. You know. I think it's a funny thing to say. I think as long as it's anything that's funny can be said funny or it can be offensive. Yeah. You know? uh, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I really have anything to say on that. Yeah. We found something I have nothing to say about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ponderance of the week, the homework for everyone listening to the show. What the yeah. hell do you think about this stuff? <laughs> Like, for instance, I've never cared whether people call them tattoo guns or pistols or tattoo machines or, like, I just yeah. don't care. Yeah, you or whether I'm a tattooer or an artist or blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care about any of that shit. Man. Seems like a lot of gatekeeping when you just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I don't intentionally say it like call this. myself tattooer yeah. because it sounds a little less professional and it's more fun to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. a technician. I'm not some fucking... I don't like the term tattoo gun because I also don't like using the word gun. It just sounds weird right. to me. I always say firearm. So, <laughs> tattoo right. firearm. 
This right. Is- <laughs> you're going to say it, say it right. God damn it. <laughs> I do like accusing people with fire on their arms of brandishing a firearm. I do oh. like I Dang. love with some dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have kids? None. None? Wow. I right have on, bro. not reproduced at all. Wow. How, how, how has that been? Like, you've probably seen, I mean, the people who do not have children, which this is like <laughs> me and Brian, like, right off the hop, right? Versus the ones that do. How do you think, like, would, would your life, do you think it would have been a little bit different going through this? Maybe you would have had a little offspring? Just bring out all the fucking heavy questions, Damon. It, it would have been a different life. I would have been a different person. I would have been a, you know, it would have, it, yeah, the whole thing. Would have, who knows, man? I might have stuck with video games if I had kids at some point because I wanted the health insurance and the fucking, you know, the structure or, the, you know, whatever. But yeah. um, the thing about life is there's a million ways to have a good life and a million types of happy, you know, and I'm sure I would have had a happy life if I had met the one and settled down and got married and had the kids. And, or maybe I'd be a divorced and bitter. Who knows? You know, I, I, who knows? <laughs> maybe I'd have seven kids by six mothers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, maybe in an ultimate uh. reality somewhere, I'm Superman. Thanks for answering all the questions, dude. You, you're like, you're just such cool laid back guy. It's nice to just see that tattooing still has this, you know? Thanks man. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of tattooing is being able to respond to people while you're trying to focus on something that lasts forever. <laughs> you know, so tattooing is good training for being interviewed. I mean, you know, yeah. realistically, yeah. Uh, you think about a surgeon having somebody awake and trying to do like a fucking, I don't know, <laughs> some heart surgery or something. Like, hey, so what do you think of this current sports team? Like, they would be able right, to do shit. Right, right. <laughs> or, 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 or asking them deep questions about their life or like, <laughs> or try to, you know, can, while you're, while you're cutting me open and working on my arteries, man, can you also tell me how to fix this problem with my wife and her girlfriend? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Some of the things surgeons are funny people too, by the yeah. way. Like oh, tattooed yeah. a few surgeons, and yeah. they're cool, but they're different. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they use power tools on living humans. Yeah, like, <laughs> you think like, like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like one took the bad path and one followed the force or whatever, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah, it's a trip, man. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> so. Oh, this will be my last question. Well, let's say you can go back in time first, like you're just starting out and you can give yourself one piece of advice in tattooing. What do you think it would be? Oh, man. I would... Don't be a dick, dude. Like, you know, I would... Uh, I would try to tell myself that uh, your life can become so good that you refuse to hear any constructive criticism and only listen to the ego boosting things and uh and and stay away from letting those things boost your ego and stay teachable you know lean into constructive criticism 
and learn how to fucking draw, man. Jesus Christ, stop winging it. Stop winging it. Go to the fundamentals. Draw. Uh, uh, Make a box before you make a globe. Make a globe before you make a a fucking beetle. Make a beetle before you make a person. Like, learn it the right way. It's fucking good advice. I feel like that's the advice that we just have to fucking tell everyone. Like, you have to yeah. learn how to draw, guys. That's just yeah. number one. Uh, if you can't, well, I got draw. a long ways by winging it, you know, and like just eyeballing stuff and trying to like make it up in my head. But it's so much simpler to actually use the tried and true. Like they they figured this out hundreds of years ago. Like we don't, you know, <laughs> we don't have to reinvent how to draw the human body. There's plenty of simple methods that'll uh, get you right on track in short order. You know, uh, yeah, that's it. Damon Conklin's uh, advice of the week. There you learn, go. Learn to draw, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> you, got any, uh, you got any questions you want to fire off, Brian? No, but I was just thinking, didn't you say earlier that we got uh, questions from outside sources? Oh, yeah, we have a couple that we could throw out here. Oh, you want to you you answer some listener questions? Mr. Yeah. Man. All right, cool. Let me give a, a second here. I had one come in, and I don't know what happened. So all the like, we had a shit ton of questions come in, dude, and they all went to my fucking junk email and like an old email that I've had. I don't know why I randomly <laughs> wow. checked. I was just like bored one day. I'm like, what the fuck? So, sure. um, I'll grab I'll grab one here. I forwarded it over. It was like from like a month ago, and I thought it was kind of interesting, uh, especially with how we normally do this because Brian Brian's advice is usually. It's pretty direct. Uh, but let's see. Maybe we can maybe we can be polite to people. Where is this fucking thing? Sorry. Question about tattooing. There we go. Uh, Greg Lemon. I don't know where he's from. Has written in. Uh, Hello, I'm tattooed and I have a tattoo-related question for you. One in which I can't seem to find any solid answer on the internet. Anyway, mm-hmm. I've heard rumors, quote, through the tattoo industry of a semi-lasting tattoo method. This supposed method of tattooing involves tattooing with your standard tattoo ink, but only tattooing a very shallow layer uh, into the skin, basically only going deep enough to create a tattoo that lasts up to six months or so. I know tattoo ink must, in order to remain permanent, be inserted into the dermis skin layer, uh, and that if the ink only went into the epidermis layer, that it would shed off within a week or two. In fact, it seems to me that physically there would be no middle ground to allow this semi-lasting concept to be possible. Either way, uh, I would never consider having it done. However, for research's sake, do you know whether or not this rumor is true or just a myth being spread <laughs> among the tattoo industry? First of all, it's not being spread in the tattoo industry. It's being spread amongst our clients. <laughs> Actually, it's being spread amongst people who are not our clients. No. It is a fantasy. It is yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it is completely it is baseless it yeah it's absolutely not it's some people somewhere wanting to get a tattoo but they don't want it to hurt they don't want it to last they want it to go away when they want it to go away and it's just yeah yeah it's in yeah, there with mean- berries and ogres and uh you know and all that kind of stuff that's fucking awesome. Even that company, uh, Ephemeral Ink, was debunked. You know, they came out with a type of tattoo ink that was supposed to be that. able to fade away within a six-month range. Yeah. But now that it's been longer than the six-month 
Arkansas. And he's on <laughs> Elon Musk's whatever satellite stuff. Right, right. I'll come back in a second. This usually happens. Everyone's just like, where did Brian go? I'm like, ah, he's gone. There he is. But I remember that ink company that he's talking about. And yeah, yeah that yeah. was, yeah. I know that we had uh, John Squirk on, who's a, a chemist at NYU Labs, and he's doing all the pigment safety testing stuff on the East Coast. And he's like, I can manufacture an ink that will be totally safe. And I was like, yes, maybe. But you're going to need collaboration with everyone. He's like, no, I've got it. And it's like, okay, well, this is kind of like you're sick. And you go to a cardiologist, they think something's wrong with your heart. If you go to an immunologist, there's something wrong with your immune system. You go to a thoracic surgeon, they're going to be like, we need to take something out. Yeah, yeah. You're always going to have somebody who sees it through that that narrow tunnel of academia. Totally. When realistically, yeah. like we need massive collaboration to make anything happen. So, yeah, putting those pigments out, putting them into a subset. Like if you check their actual study, the cohort of people that they tested it on did not have variances in skin tone, color, texture, age, anything. It's in one specific space. So the environment wow. was totally controlled. And yeah. then they had a very specific person doing the work. And then they decided to hire a bunch of random tattooers and bring them and say, have fun, boys. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. 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 of course, you're going to get variables. Humans are different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And laboratory studies on mice, this shit fucking faded super fast. Yeah, they live under LED lights, you fucks. Anyways, that's me being... Mice don't make money, and so they don't get tattooed by us. <laughs> That'd be sick. Anesthetize the little fucker and just... Yeah. What if we did... An, they're, they're planning on passing a law down here for mm -hmm. anesthetized tattoos, and we're talking about like that surgical versus not with the talking thing. Would you ever tattoo somebody who's anesthetized? Look, man... I learned a while back to never use words like never, always, you know, so I, you know, I mean, it's possible. It would be weird. The weirdest part of it would be that you're tattooing a non-responsive lump of living human flesh. You know what I mean? That would be weird. But, uh, you know, we've all had that, like that one client that just seems like completely super detached in a weird way. And it's awkward and weird. Right? And this would be even more of that. You know? Yeah. So, this yeah. is a, a pound of flesh is next offering. Literally, a pound of flesh. Come in, sit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's in some idyllic kind of way, but then you have to deal with them before and after. You got. I mean, there's it's there's a lot more to it than just doing the tattoo, and that's the part that I would be like, okay, someone else, like, I can deal with this guy. Uh, all right. <laughs> I got another question here. It's time for a scratcher question. Awesome. Hey, I want to rinse out my ink caps before I use them to be safe and sterile. Can I put them in the dishwasher? <laughs> That's not a real question, right? I swear to God, it's a real question. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sports show I, I used to watch. They'd always have a section called, Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. How about it? Oh, it's pretty. That was pretty rough. Let me, let me yeah. pull up some <laughs> here. That was like some '90s shit right there. Like yeah. that was, <laughs> you would hear you. That that's something someone in the '90s would have tried to do. <laughs> just throw oh. that shit in the dishwasher. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just throw your needles in the in the pressure cooker, and you're good, man. But remember those stovetop all Americans? Those things were just. <laughs> terrifying man oh man. terrifying i told yeah. a story in the other show you're like you're sitting there with a wrench and you're just watching that pressure gauge going just making sure it doesn't if you don't do this we'll all die oh okay this is a fun yeah. apprenticeship thank you so much guys um here's a good one it's short and sweet is there really any difference between a number 12 and number 10 needle 
size. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. His size doesn't matter, though, man. You know, it's the motion of the ocean. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, to 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 elaborate on that, though, there are people who uh, believe that a, a smaller needle does less damage per poke and may deliver about the same amount of ink. So it might be better for color blending or that kind of thing. Um, I tend to lean towards some smaller needle sizes, uh, bug pins as we call them. Mm -hmm. uh, 12 is the standard size, you know. So there's some free info to someone who doesn't know all that stuff. But uh, yeah. The it's just a diameter is, measurement of the needle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And it doesn't, any tool in the hands of an unskilled person can be dangerous. It doesn't matter what size it is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If you're trying to learn how to, how to tattoo, or if you're just doing this because you already tattoo, just do good work. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. A highly skilled person can know almost nothing about that and still be amazing. So yeah. that's what we've said forever is just like once you learn to tattoo, all, all it is is replication. So it doesn't matter the tools, the quality of tools, you know, it's, yeah. it's this this machine costs twelve hundred dollars and it's gonna make you better. That doesn't matter. We didn't have machines a few hundred years ago and we did everything by hand and you know, I'll make it. while we're on that topic, I'll make a confession. Uh, I uh so I've been using rotaries for a while and uh and then I started using some pen rotaries and then uh I like to buy I like sneakers. And uh, so I was buying some like knockoff sneakers on uh, one of those Chinese oh, websites, you know, uh, I mean? that uh, and and I'm like, I wonder if there's tattoo stuff on here because tattooing is so everywhere now. I bet it is. And I looked and I bought some like some knockoff, like $40 fucking inline pen rotary tattoo machines. And I use them interchangeably with my full price ones. And there is no difference. Make sure and I've been doing what it I tell everybody for years. Yeah. They laugh also. So make, I don't makes you wonder where they're actually manufactured. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We, we do an ad every once in a while on the show for Dragon Hawk because they're hundred dollar machines and you just you use them for a year and you just throw them away. But, yeah. I use it for a month and then huck it into traffic. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. But really, I mean, like, it's a very archaic system, right? Like, yeah. it just makes the needle go up and down. You can use yeah, a fucking sewing machine and do a tattoo problem. with it. Yeah, this ain't Starlink, man. It's just a fucking jab. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is a fucking head. All right. We got another one here. Uh, do you guys ever, what do you do this? Do you ever for free fix a tattoo uh, for a client if they ruined it on purpose? Which is, I had like the, the syntax on the uh, sentence is weird. Do you guys ever do free repairs? If somebody comes in and they've intentionally ruined their tattoo. I don't know what intentionally means. Was, was this if somebody were to something walk in. Not their ink cups or, or I don't know. <laughs> no, so you, you get no. Yeah. If somebody were to walk in and be like, hey, so I got this tattoo and then I took a fucking pad of steel wool to it immediately <laughs> when I got home. Honestly, I'm I would curious try... enough to tattoo them just to see if they'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would try uh, to convince them to never get tattooed at my shop ever again. You know, like I would you don't want that's not the kind of customer you want, man. <laughs> You know, you want good customers. 
Uh, that's funny. I know it's funny. Like I, on my side, I vet. It, we've everyone makes fun of how I fucking do shit. I spend so much time vetting people just to make sure we're a good fit. Like even before we even talk about the tattoo, we have to do a meet and greet, and it's just like, are we even going to get along? Because if this doesn't work, there's no yeah. reason why you should get tattooed by me. You look at Danny, you're like, oh, it's a good tattoo. Fuck that guy for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. It's How about weird. this? You own a bakery. Would you give would you give free food to bulimics? That's fucking great. I mean, look, here's a hotline number. Get some help, man. Don't know, but no, for no, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a here's a good one that came in. Um I'm looking for some insight uh, on the topic of client shyness or awkwardness, especially when it comes to nudity inside the shop. How do mm-hmm. you handle these situations? I'm a new tattooer in a small city and kind of a mainstream family vibe, and I've never come across anyone who's willing to talk about it. Do you think it's worth the time to discuss something like this, or what are your opinions? Thank you for all of your content. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, that's a real thing. Not everybody wants to like tits out on Broadway, you know, like we have we have some like movable barrier kind of, you know, like those folding kind of things, you know, we'll put those up. And it, it, I mean, it doesn't make them completely invisible to every human being, but it shields them from the public scene and uh, and creates a little bit of privacy. And uh, and yeah, that's a good thing to have around any tattoo shop, I think. Just about any tattoo shop probably has those sitting around. If someone really just can't handle even the smallest amount of exposure, well, I don't know. You know, maybe they need to go find someone who travels to them and tattoos them out of their house or something. But uh, but but on our end, yeah, we offer we offer as much privacy as we can uh, manage. You know, even on top of that, though, like. What are you doing wrong that's making them feel so uncomfortable? You know, that could be a thing. like yeah. you can just casually have a conversation with a person and be like, Hey, are you comfortable taking your shirt off? And if they're just like, No, then be like, All right, well, we, we need to figure out a workaround. Like, that's just a straightforward yeah. conversation. Yeah, but like, if they're just like, I'm just never gonna take clothes off around you. You know, like then maybe you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, client comfort is always like key to me. That's why we do the meet and greet and stuff. It's like, where do you want to get this done? Are you comfortable with this? Like, you're in control. I'm here just to do my fucking job. Like, you tell me what you need to do to make yourself up. Do we need to bring in salt lamps and a couple friends that you can hang out with while we're doing this? <laughs> fucking fine. Like, I don't give a shit, right? Um, <clears throat> It's simple. I look at everything like I'm a clinician anyways. Like if you walked into a doctor's office and they got smarmy when you took off your pants, it's fucking weird. You got to get the fuck out. Like I don't objectify the clients first off, right? I'm not like, ah, you look hot. That's just so fucking dirty. Like to think (laughs) about that, you know, uh, even saying it makes me feel like I would take a fucking bath. Ugh, man. Yeah. To be honest, like that kind of stuff we don't encounter much, you know, I mean, I have nice people and we're nice and all that stuff. Um, I, all of that, like what the customer needs, uh, versus what the artist needs to do the piece. I look at it as, uh, we try to, uh, we try to meet them halfway and invite them into our world. So we will, we will meet them at a, at a midway point. If they're meeting us at a midway point, 
but we are inviting them into our world. So clients don't run the stereo. Clients don't, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this is our world. We live here. We run the stereo. Uh, so, you know, if you are comfortable enough to expose the area we're working on, but need a little bit of privacy, we will meet you there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And all that creeper stuff, like, I, you know, that's like, you know, if you have a creeper working for you, fire them. Yeah. That's right. That's just... Ugh. And everyone, it's important to ugh. point out to your clients too that 90% of the time we're so jaded by nudity like they're not going to be the first person that we've clearly ever seen nude uh, but yeah. realistically we're so jaded by it that even if you were to stand there completely nude in the middle of the tattoo shop somebody's just going to be like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> they're well, not going to fucking and care. people do it like because there's then on the other end of the shyness scale there's the person who like Gets their uh, their shoulders tattooed, but they've taken the whole shirt off. <laughs> yeah. They walk yeah. across the room to stand tits out in front of the mirror. And you're just yeah. like, you know, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't even like. We're just like, yep. Yeah, you look at the tattoo, you're like, yeah, it looks good. All right. Yeah, I'm not focusing on <laughs> you as a person. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just and like there's the the other thing is like uh, uh relationships you know if you have a partner or something some people deal with a lot of jealousy in this stuff you know they're like oh mm, you're, yeah. you're fucking someone while you're doing the tattoo I'm like i couldn't even think about doing a simple math question when i'm in this i can talk <laughs> i'm okay talking i can converse i can do this stuff but when i'm yeah. actually doing something and focusing there's no fucking way i could do that like yeah have you ever had to deal with jealousy how's that one you know, I haven't been in a lot of like real long-term relationships, which is how you end up with no kids at 56. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, early on, you know, I mean, a little bit, I hear about it more from other artists and stuff. And I don't know, it's not, it's not a good spousal fit if your spouse is that insecure because like those, in, you know, and on the other hand, you know, if you're a person that like, provokes uh jealousy in relationships then i guess you're gonna have to play out that kind of drama somewhere else man because like you know save the drama for your mama you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah uh, yeah i always just wonder like if you've had a shop for a number of years you've seen so many different types of like tattoos oh, yeah. come through the door you know yeah. he's just ever like, I, are you experienced enough now where you're like, this motherfucker's going to be a problem. He ain't now coming in this door. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure, man. There's there's some people I've, I've uh, passed on just because I heard that they were, uh, they like to be provocative. They always got to talk about sensitive subjects and they always want to push people's buttons. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck how much money they make, man. I can't, I'm, you know, I travel. And then that person's going to be alone with the people in my shop for a month, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no hell no. Man. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I've been drinking. I've, I've tried to cut out coffee, so I'm drinking tea. Okay. That's just, it's just fucking hot water. It's disgusting. I've got no sugar <laughs> in it. It's yeah I fucking hate this stuff. My buddy's like, you should drink some peppermint tea. I'm like, get fucked. I want a coffee. I want yeah. a coffee. I've been like yesterday. Normally, I'm like just fucking wired at the shop. I do like work on a yeah. stand-up routine when we're working and stuff. And yesterday, I was just drinking tea. I was like, "Oh hello." <laughs> so it's like so quiet. Yeah. I was like, "Are you okay, dude?" I'm like, 
Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm just drinking tea. I'm trying to enjoy this Earl Grey. Just drink <laughs> breakfast blend tea, weirdo. Ah, cheerio. It's a bergamot in that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> breakfast blend tea has higher amounts of caffeine in it, so it'll be more oh. like drinking coffee. Well, I've got to cut down. Now the that's caffeine. the sales pitch. Yeah, I've, I've got to cut down the. Ca- I got to get less caffeine in my body. Yeah, you go from it's breakfast chill. blend to Irish tea to green tea. And no, I just green went tea. From... You just go to like chamomile, and you'll be passing out. That's fine. Yeah, I went from <laughs> sixteen cups of coffee two weeks ago to green tea. Wow. Yeah. So you're still kind of kicking right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Your body will adapt. Yeah, that's what I figure. I've got to lose weight again. This is just you know, and so I'm like trying to get healthy because the the job is just so. Like as I'm getting older, that's getting so hard on my body. Yeah, you know, like I worked, I, I was out of the house for 21 hours yesterday, sitting like the whole time. You know, that commute is crazy, man. Yeah, one of the, my favorite things I've done in my career is I live six blocks from my shop. Yeah, and so I just don't. There's a all that commute time that I could have been spending, I can spend uh, walking five miles every day. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do. I'm 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 phasing out. It's been five years going up there, just about five years going to yeah. Seattle, yeah, Everett, Seattle. I was in Belltown, U District. I was fucking. I'm in Kent. I was working all over Washington, and yeah, my wife was just like, no. Oh way yeah, days. she's like, you gotta stop. I've been around for like thirty percent of my kids' lives because I've been driving the rest of the time. You know, right? Yeah, I would say the big ones. Like I one year I did seventy six thousand miles in my car. Yeah. doesn't make any sense that's all i was just driving the whole fucking time oh, road again. yeah what doesn't make any sense is that you did it by choice yes i did yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i was like why would you do that i'm like i um okay i think that we've got one more scratch your question and then uh um you know it will this one awesome <laughs> where's this one at um oh i've had a session where i've had a ton of problems happen all at once the ink won't come out of my damn tube i've tried changing the needle uh but before that i was trying to work with the old one i think for too long it just ruined all of the good work i did how can i fix that these are always the most confusing questions <laughs> <laughs> People don't I've never been syntax, man. There's just so much that we don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and 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 it leads me to suspect the worst. You yeah. know? Um yeah. oh. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, like you know, you buy yourself a $40 rotary off DH gate and a and a ten dollar box of cartridges, and you plug the cartridge in and you dip it into the ink and there's just no problem. You know, you know, I mean, you know, and then, you know, with the steel tube and you made the needle yourself and like, well, how good of a job did you make in the needle yourself? Is this, does that big lumps of solder that are (laughs) around? Is the needle writing in the bottom of the tube? Is it picking up the ink? Is it like, is your ink any good? You know, cause if you're having these kind of problems, there's a lot, I suspect the person doesn't know. Yeah. 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 I've just never been in a scenario where the ink didn't come out of the tube. No. I, 
Like, what you the know, fuck does that mean? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but what goes up must come down. Yeah, eventually you gravity know? will fucking make that shit come out. Good old gravity. Yeah. I would say if they want to test gravity, just go to the top floor of their building and jump out the window. And... <laughs> there you go. That's... <laughs> oh, good golly gosh. That's awesome. Uh, Mr. Damon, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You got any plugs you want to toss out before we stop recording here? Um, no, if you're in Seattle, come by and see me. You know, it's Super Genius Tattoo, uh, 1419 uh, 10th Avenue, just off of Broadway and Pike. Um, if you like tattooing and coming to the Northwest, come in the summer and go to the Seattle Tattoo Expo. I'm no longer a big part of it, but it is an awesome show. And uh, yeah, and have fun, you know, make art, have fun. Okay. That's a good plug. We'll put Don't links do up in the show. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Unless you do, then do them and whatever. <laughs> our generic outro track thank you everyone for listening remember please go give us a like subscribe review on any of the podcast players or platforms that you enjoy listening to us on and uh thanks yeah thanks thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it we'll talk to you again next week